0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here, and um, I had a little miracle happen for me in the middle of the night. <laughs> and uh, what is this? Well, I've, with that new computer that I've got, laptop, I finally can type a letter across the page <laughs> and get it printed. So, uh, <laughs> whoa, the learning curves that we have to go through. I thought learning AutoCAD was a problem. No, it wasn't. <laughs> uh, uh, I know when I first started with AutoCAD on computer and I kept reaching for my <laughs> straight edge and my pencils. <laughs> uh, you know, Pearl reminds me, there's a learning curve on anything that you're going to do. <laughs> so the sermon for this morning is how to do the impossible. <laughs> I think it happened to me last night. <laughs> I was sure that machine was uh, trying to complete my sentences and words and typing things that I did not expect and were jumping to sites or, or uh, parts of, of programs that I had not asked for. And I found out my thumbs were touching and dragging me. Basically my hands were dragging on the touchpads. <laughs> it was highlighting and jumping. And... Anyway, the impossible. Sometimes we run into things that we just think are impossible, but God is the one that can cure all those things and help us to do the impossible for Christ, for winning souls and teaching truths. That's what I'm mainly concerned about. I was surprised many years ago when that started really sticking in my mind that uh, it wasn't the ability to teach, teach I love, but preaching. I'm not eloquent, eloquent. Um, I don't use a lot of words, I use smaller words. But I enjoy imparting knowledge to others and hope that they will take it to the next generation. So that's why I make the Sabbath School lessons. That's why I make sermons, so that this will be carried into the next generation. Brother Wesley Walker was concerned of that to his last hours. What was it, uh, 91 years old? I think, 90 or 91 years old. Uh, uh, Brother Wesley Walker was always concerned that the good message of the scriptures would get out and get to the people, so that the message would be passed forward. So, um, I started thinking on this impossible. Uh, But the thought that hit me the hardest was the word limit. And it took me a little bit of searching. It's not limit, it's limited. When you're doing a search in the Bible for certain words, you have to be sure and use the exact word in the King James or, uh, (laughs) so it was limited. The people that said that they were serving God were actually limiting God. They said, oh, God can't do this and this. They were not faithful, so they were limiting God by not being faithful. Whoa, okay. So go with me to Psalm 78. I thought this was going to be for sure when the children were in the in the wilderness or in the newly in their kingdom. But here it is in Psalm. Psalm 78 and verse 40. I'm going to read 40, 41, 42. 40, David talking about the story. How often did they, the people of Israel, people of God, pro? Um, Provoke him, the Heavenly Father, in the wilderness, but this words is being retold of what they behaved like when they were in the wilderness, and grieved him, heavenly Father, in the desert. You know that's the wrong place to grieve God and have God leave you there in the desert. No water, no food, no a million people. It takes a few buckets of water to feed that many, right. There were water that many. And all their animals. Wrong time to get God upset at you. (laughs) Uh, They grieved him. Yea, they turned back and tempted God. That's ridiculous. Why would you want to do that? And limited the Holy One of Israel. The God of Israel. They're limiting. Well, you can give this much water... But you're not going to do it over there, or you know, this water is here flowing down here and all of our cattle are fed, and I said, Now you want us to move over there? I don't want to go. If God can make water here, he can make water over there. Okay? (laughs) We're limiting God. We begin to disbelieve. And they remembered not his hand, his ability to save them, to bring them out, to protect them, to care for them, his hand, his strong arm nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy. There's lots of stories about where one will chase a hundred or a thousand and so on. Uh, They heard noises that didn't exist and the enemy fled. They dropped their weapons and ran. Uh, (laughs) Want to limit that God that he can't save you the next time? Oh, see, so there's this word limited I just have to hang on to it. I love that statement. So you might want to do some more reading there. We shouldn't limit God. In Matthew 17, verse 20, just part of the verse says, if ye have faith, oh, now we're preaching and we're stepping on toes. If we have faith, nothing shall be impossible unto you. And that's in Matthew 17, verse 20. When we started across the country with everything on our back, you might say, well, we had a U-Haul trailer with a pickup on a trailer behind that. You start across country and the storm was following you. Can God get us through? Oh, see, that would be limiting God's ability and power, right? We came in, in um, January of 2008, which was just after the ice storm which had come from that way where we were coming from. <laughs> when we uh, got through part of the way, and we were straight north of here, actually, and uh, we stayed overnight, and there was uh, nine degrees, I think it was, in the morning. Was it nine? Hmm? Nine. Nine degrees. Yeah, ice. When we were went up to uh, Highway 70 to turn back to come south, you couldn't. Eighteen wheelers couldn't make the clover leaves. Couldn't do that. So without even thinking, God must have just smoked me in the back of the head, you know, (laughs) Uh, we went west. Now wait a minute, that's the wrong way. But there the ramp went up this way, we went across and the ramp came down this way and we were back to where we needed to be and went south. (laughs) Okay. God can take care of us no matter where we are. One time the trailer was vibrating so bad you could hardly steer the the U-Haul trailer, mm-hmm. U-Haul truck. And I got out to check what was going on back there, and one of the straps had come off of the tire that was on being held onto the trailer. We could have lost that or flipped the whole thing and threw us in the ditch. And God got us to stop first and I put the strap back on the way we went. <laughs> We've got to depend on our Heavenly Father because He blesses us and He directs us, cares for us, for every daily food and all. When we went to Springvale to work there, we had enough money for one meal, I think it was, between Napa, Idaho, and Owasso, oh, Michigan, for those that were with us our daughter and son, and, and a boy that we were taking with us, and, and a niece. No problems. God got us through. <laughs> That's another story. So, um, yes, God can take care of us. And we even had trouble with the, with that van that we were traveling with then. And we had to pull off to the side of the road. And then, Oh, now who do you trust and who do you ask and how do you get help? An 18-wheeler pulled up behind us and said, uh, you're pressing it too hard. You're pushing that small engine too hard. you got to slow down, take it easier. And he said, i got to gallon of oil that you're welcome to have. (laughs) Oh boy. Yes, God can take care of us and provide. How did that truck get there when we needed him? Miracles after miracles after miracles. Wow. I could tell you a bunch more. You know I could. (laughs) Uh, We need to have faith that God will get us through. I started thinking about the word receive So turn with me to 1 John, 1 John chapter 3. Chapter 3 and verse 22. And whatsoever ye ask, we receive from Him, from the Heavenly Father, from Jesus Christ, because we keep His commandments, And do those things which are pleasing in his sight. We have a value system going here. If we do this, then we're going to get this. That's computer talk, isn't it? If and then. At least in the good old days. (laughs) Maybe they don't do that anymore. (laughs) Anyway, um, if we will obey the Heavenly Father, obey his commandments, then we can expect him to take care of us, take care of things, and, and we'll be doing things that are pleasing in his sight, and will have that good interaction between the Heavenly Father and us. Same goes for Jesus. Good, good time with him. Go with me to John, from First John to John. See if he's got something there in John. And here we go. John chapter 5. Chapter 5 and verse 43. 43. I am come in my father's name and you receive. Okay, I'm getting that word receive that I'm looking for. You receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will ye receive. Oh, that's backwards. The guy's coming in his own name. We say, oh, so-and-so, he's so great. Look at the thousands that are following him. And and it's interesting in the computer stuff now. Somebody follows somebody else. And I'm saying, no, 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 no. I don't want to follow anybody. Follow Jesus Christ and him only. (laughs) Okay, Follow the Heavenly Father. But that's a word that got chosen, that we follow people. I don't even know the real ramifications of it. But um, let's be real careful who we're following. But... If we receive, now I want to stretch this word in another use because I started thinking about uh, people say, if you receive Jesus Christ, is that a true statement? Aha, uh-huh. it is true. Maybe not in exactly those words, where we say if you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, you pray and ask for Jesus in your heart, you receive Jesus Christ in your heart, or, you know, receive the Holy Spirit, I wanted to see if those words were right there, or if we can, you know, use them together. And I'm finding that's true. Right here it says that we would receive this or receive that. So let's look at chapter 7. John chapter 7. And verse 39. Chapter seven, thirty-nine. But this spake he of the Spirit which they that believe on him should receive. You're going to be able to receive the Holy Spirit. Receive that spirit. Was not yet given. The Holy Spirit wasn't given yet, but he's speaking about it already. Because that Jesus was not yet glorified. These things have to happen in a certain order. Jesus' commitment to Heavenly Father and the way it had to be done wasn't completely done yet. Yet they knew about the Holy Spirit. They knew about the Spirit. But when Jesus was finishing his rule here on earth, he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit. You shall receive the Holy Spirit after you have done so and so. So we can receive the Holy Spirit. Pray for it. Ask God to guide us there. Remember, the more you ask for, the more duties you're going to have. And so uh, don't take it lightly. The Holy Spirit comes on you. wants you to do things. And now in John chapter 20 and verse 22, similar thought here. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. He breathed on them. So these are correct statements to say that I can receive the Holy Ghost or I have received the Holy Spirit or I have received Christ into my life. Those are very valid statements. So when we're pondering about the purpose of faith in our life, um, we have to exercise our faith or use our faith. And the verse in Galatians 3 verse 14 says that, part of the verse says, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit through faith. So faith is involved. If we don't ask and we don't believe that we're going to get it, of course, then it won't work. We won't get it. Faith is the means by which we receive Christ. You have to know this, know that, know that, but it's not knowledge, it's faith that it's real. That what we are hearing is real. If if the Bible is not real and believable, then you can't have faith because it's based on nothing. You're gonna do something when you have the right kind of faith. faith, I'll get to that verse. We're going to do something if you have the right faith and accept it in faith. It moves you to do something. Get going on something. So the Holy Spirit through faith. uh, I wanted to read that whole verse, even though I've quoted most of it here, but let's go to Galatians chapter 3, 14. Galatians 3 and verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come on The Gentiles, through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So there's connections going on here. Even you might want to read a little other verses near here, but the blessings of Abraham, we'd like to have that. That sounds like a good idea. To come on the Gentiles. Hey, that's us. We're going to be grafted into the family line of the Old Testament. Wow. Okay. Uh, Through Jesus Christ... Without Christ, belief in Christ and and what he did for us and and standing for him and being part of him, it wouldn't happen, right? We're Gentiles, but we're going to be able to become the part of the family by Jesus Christ or through Jesus Christ. And then the words that I stated to you already, we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, we know we can receive things from God like joy, peace, gentleness, hope, help, uh, miracles. I quoted or stated a few today already that happen in our lives. They come through prayer accompanied by faith. You know, when you're white knuckling and the snow is blowing and the vehicle is blowing, uh, you can get faith in a hurry. <laughs> oh, save me. <laughs> right. We need to have that same faith all the time, right? And it's tough. Sometimes things are going so well, and then, you know, oh, i let this one ride, or, you know, you're sliding down the roof, all of a sudden you're hollering, save me, God. And then the nail sticks your pants, and the nail hangs onto you, and you don't go off the edge of the roof. And then you say, oh, thank you. I, I, I didn't need you, Lord. I, I, the nail saved my life. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, it's God that made that nail stick up there to catch you. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, we got to have faith at all times. Be faithful ourselves. And, and then believe that God can do it. God did it. You know, how else would that be able to save us? So we need to prove the promises of faith. And proof is, is the strongest thing. You know, in Hebrews it says, uh, faith is, what's it, Hebrews 11? Faith is the substance of things not seen, Um, but are hoped for. uh, Here we go. Right there. Uh, No, I wanted it's in the same place on the page, that's my problem. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, What, what verse is that? What? Eleven one. I thought it was 11.1, but I must have been looking at. Oh, I looked at verse twelve, chapter twelve. Eleven one. Now faith. That's the one I like. Now faith is the substance, something that you can hang on to, touch and hold, uh, of things hoped for. If you're hoping for something, but faith is going to give you that ability to understand that it's really there. And the evidence, boy, we want evidence, don't we? Show me. Show me how it is. Show me that it's going to work. The evidence of things not seen. You can't see faith, but you know it works. (laughs) So that's the evidence. Okay. Uh, In Romans chapter 4 and verse 20, it says, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. That's the kind of, thing that we need to be doing, uh, giving God the glory. We, we don't uh, want to stagger when it comes to our faith. We need to be strong and forceful and faithful, proving that God is there for us. Test the promises of faith. They cannot fail because God cannot fail. Wow. You know, that's stretching your faith a little, right? I believe God can do this. I believe this is going to happen. I believe God is hearing me and knowing my prayer. and He knows my heart. Are you sure? (laughs) That's not a good choice, right? We need to say, I believe God is there and God can do it. God is hearing us. God is looking after us. He's there for us. And then God will do those things for us. Don't try the promises in the wrong way where you're testing something but try the promises of faith by using them in times of trial and trouble and tribulations, using them, adversities and needs. That's when we've got to hang on to our faith, believe that God is still there for us. Our faith works as we work our faith. Well, let's look at James, see what he's got to say. James chapter 2, it's just a little ways away here. James chapter 2. Verse uh, 17 and 18, 19 and 20. We'll just do all of those. Start with verse 17. Chapter 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. One without the other is not going to work, is what he's saying. It can't be alone. It's got to be paired up with something. And it's dead works. It's dead. If it's not going to be active and, and useful, it's, it's a useless thing. It's a dead thing. So, e- even so faith, if it hath not works, something has to be working. We have to be doing something. It's dead, being alone. Verse 18, Yea, if a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works, two, two men talking to each other, show me thy faith without my thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Ah, I know how to run a saw, let me show you. And you saw a straight line. I showed you. I can do it. That's the same thing with this kind of faith. With their spiritual faith. I know God can do it. And and I'll show you. I'll pray and something will happen. The right thing. Okay, and then the next verse. Thou believest there is one God. That's a good thing, right? Thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble because they know authority and power and uh, punishment for sin and punishment for wrong and there is a hell there is a burning fire they they tremble verse 20 but wilt thou o vain man that uh, that faith you're supposed to know this but thou but wilt thou know understand no uh, o vain man that faith without works is dead. And what do most churches tell you? Oh, well, you don't have to do anything. There's no works that are required. It's faith without anything else. Faith plus nothing is a statement that's usually used. Um, they forgot this verse. <laughs> they left off the part here it says without works is dead. We need to do something. If you believe it, do it. If you love horses, buy a horse. Learn to ride. Do something about it. If we love God, we need to be doing what he wants us to be doing. Okay, we need to pursue the possibilities of faith. Don't shy away from faith that would be visible and showing. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, it says, All things are possible to him that believeth all things, then don't be scared about them. Just say, okay, God, I don't understand how this is going to work, but I want to ask you and I want you to bail me out of this situation I'm in. Help me. The potential of faith is beyond comprehension. If if anything that you want to do will happen by faith, look at the potential that's there. What can you do? Almost anything. Well, it is anything, right? For the Lord All things are possible uh, That brings up the idea of limiting God is only by our own failures to believe Persistent, patient And often requires us to, uh, Before we see God's work Before you see You have to believe that it's going to happen That's faith If you're always seeing and it happens Because you saw it that's that's not really faith. That's kind of a weak faith. But if you believe it's going to happen before it happens, we must keep believing while waiting. And what did I have on this piece of paper? <laughs> uh, this was a test of seeing if the, if the machine would talk to me and I talked to the machine and if it would print. This verse is in Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, pray, believe, but God will have it happen. So prayer of faith. When we were writing the doctrines for this church and uh, how we'd be organized, one of the statements was that we need to have a statement of laying on of hands. Why would you do that if it doesn't happen or isn't a strong faith that it was going to be give results. Okay? So we put a, a statement that we lay on hands and we believe that we will receive help for our ailments and so on. In John 14 verse 14 it says, He shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Uh, is Jesus dependable? If not, we're in big trouble. We might as well pack it up and go home. Either he's dependable. Two, three, four, five. There it is. There it is. Okay. Let's see where we were. <laughs> uh, I was just quoting that verse in John 14, verse 14. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So Jesus is dependable. Jesus will do it, and he will be able to do it for us. We don't have to um, diminish our our faith at all. We just know that it's going to happen. So uh, petitions should be made to God, which are subject to his will. So when we ask, we always want to ask in your will. If it be your will, Lord, and so on. Um, And then, of course, we're asking the Heavenly Father in Jesus' name. So we're getting both of those in our um, reasoning, in our prayers, Uh, Because we want to be in their will, in God's will, in Christ's will, for spreading the gospel, building the church of Christ, and so on. Uh, Be it subject to their will. And so I want to look at Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Matthew 21. And verse 21 and 22. Makes it easier to remember. 21. So chapter 21, verse 21 and 22. 20. um, Oh. Right here. I'm seeing some numbers a little bit different. I thought 29 was actually 20. No, that's not right. (laughs) uh, 21 and 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall shall not only be not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and it and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. That's a lot of faith. Why would you want to throw a mountain in the ocean? I mean, I, I love mountains. So you've got a dual meaning here, right? If there's something blocking the situation, you know God's going move it. If that mountain really needed to be gone, well, we had a mountain in our backyard when I was young. And we didn't know how, we, how to proceed, and we didn't. Because my mom and dad weren't faithful. They were not serving God. It would have been so easy to move that mountain. Oh, man. All you had to do is scrape the soil off of the top of it, and people would have run to your door to get all the gravel to make roads. (laughs) It would have been gone. God would provide the wisdom as to how to get it done. He'd provide the people to come and get the gravel, whether city or otherwise. Then when it's flat, then put the soil back on it. But it had level land for good farming. Earl and I bought a house. And in the backyard, there was this real steep slope up to the back. And in the wintertime there in British Columbia, we'd get snow and ice and sleet and cold ground and rain, so the ground is wet and and frozen. And then you get snow on it, and then you get rain on it, and it all ran down and could go in our basement. Well, how are you going to get rid of that? You better pray for wisdom. And along came my brother-in-law and said, I want that sand that's in your backyard, I can use it, and I'll give you back soil for it. We got free chicken manure. The manure spreader came and put it in the yard as well. When we were all said and done, we had beautiful flat land. We had a three, well, two steps, of two layers of where we can plant stuff, and um, rock walls, um, yeah. I mean, God just really provided. We could grow greenhouse effect type stuff there, uh, green peppers, and so on. I mean, amazing things can happen if you trust God that he's going to help you out. Just pray and ask for it, and it shall be done. Verse 22, And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believe, and ye shall receive. It's not going to just go zap and be gone. But in effect, it was gone. <laughs> so It was a great blessing to have our garden at home instead of five miles away at a farm. So we had our garden right in our yard. Faith, pray and ask, and God will bring it to happen, bring it to pass. Some people pray with expressed opinions. Uh, that's not very good, neither, if we start... Expressing our own opinions. Some think they have to quote the Bible to God. Actually, he already knows it, right? (laughs) We don't have to quote the Bible to God. Uh, Some people want to say uh, something in their prayers that actually benefits themselves or some situation around them. That's not right. Pray in earnest. Pray in in common uh, belief. Some pray to impress others. Uh, that's not a good idea neither, to impress somebody else with long... Remember Jesus talking about those that stood on the street corners with long prayers? No, that's not a good idea. To influence others, uh, it brings... It's ineffective. It doesn't work. God's not impressed, and uh, people are not impressed with that, and uh, faithless prayers don't work neither. You're not proving anything. Petitions made to God which are subject to his will is important as we've already seen in in, uh, in Matthew Matthew 21 I'm sure I'm sure I've read that in Matthew 21 Yeah that's the one we just read okay Going on here one more piece here that I want to talk about uh, proclaim the power of faith in Matthew 17 verse 20, 20 verse 20 he shall say unto this mountain, Tell. Uh, say. Oh, let me back up here a second. He shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence, and it shall be removed. Yep. Removed. So we read about that as well. Uh, but just restating what we've already talked about uh, above. Uh, man has made impressive developments of power. And I almost brought along a show-and-tell book on all the power measurements and all the uh, formulas and everything. I, I love that kind of thing, so I got this little book. It's right there in my left drawer. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. I, I love those things. I won't want to give them up. Power. we are worried about horsepower and steam power and water power and atomic power and wind power. And I used to get these books on how do you build your own windmills at home or how you can pump water with no electricity. Yeah. Hydro pneumatic power that's uh, all on its own. It pumps water by itself without electricity, without sunlight, without anything. It just does it. Water runs down a pipe and it goes bang at the bottom because it's clamped off, and up goes a gallon of water. And you can go up 20 feet with that and have it run downhill into your pond. And no electricity. <laughs> okay. Uh, very. Interesting, I love that kind of reading. So man is worried about power. But but man cannot match God's power. We can understand what God can do because we understand the power that he has. And if he's got all power, why not tap into that all power? Yes, that's the point. He gives us access to his great power. By faith, we have access to his power. So this one last verse, turn with me to Romans chapter 1. So faith is here again, isn't it? Romans chapter 1. I want 16 and 17, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Oh, yes, we can have that power. Tap into God's power, Jesus Christ's power. Power of God unto salvation. We should be more worried about saving souls than pumping water, right? Okay. Uh, For it is the power of God unto salvation, preaching salvation, to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. For therefore, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From one solid belief faith that you can see in action to another one that's coming. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We want to be in both parts of that, right? So yes, we want to be um, revealing God's righteousness to us through faith. And the just shall live by faith. And that will be our great, greatest blessing, that we can live in God's forever. Because of faith. God bless you.